1: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to
0: supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Michael Halflick from What Culture, and I'm joined by Michael Sidrick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's edition of NXT. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh. but also Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision. We have pay per views, premium live events, hold wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, not this month, complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Sige. Power is back. We said it a lot over the weekend. Yep. We were obviously foreshadowing this episode of NXT because this absolutely kicked ass. I know you've already said, because we did talk about it over the desks a little bit, um, some of it already feels like because we've switched the, uh, the order up a little bit today, and by doing it in the afternoon, that's enough time for NXT to completely fall out your head. Yes. We normally do this in the morning. I did need a bit of help because I need to catch up on it a bit today. So I do understand why some of that might already be gone. But, like, what were your overall thoughts before we go in? Incredibly hot with the opener to the show.
2: Yeah, like, the the opener was incredibly hot. There was some stuff that amused me throughout. (laughs) Um, But I've got a question, right? Uh I've got a question. If your thing isn't wrestling, okay, um, an example I'm going to use because the runtime isn't too dissimilar, to what we do every single week with Monday Night Raw, okay? If your thing is cinema, mm-hmm. and that's just the thing that you like the most, cinema, film, whatever, the pictures, and it's not <laughs> the, the wrestling. Talkies. It's not the talkies, It's not <laughs> wrestling that you like. It's the cinema. Yeah. So just imagine the Dadley Boys, except they just, they love cinema. They've always had th- films as their favorite thing. And they even do content on it. Or they watch it as much as anyone would watch their thing.
1: Siskel and Herbert is not a million miles away from Cidric and Hamlet. Yes. Right I
2: don't think so. Does the Cinephile go to the cinema <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired. It's been a week and a weekend. And they buy a ticket to watch Oppenheimer. Yeah. Okay. Do they then go, right, that was three grueling hours of a film. I loved it, and that's why I went, because I love this sort of thing. Right, well, next day, time for Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. Do they do this?
1: I don't know. Like, film reviewers can't just review a film a week, can they? Like, they've got to get across everything,
2: really. Yeah. Not not even film reviewers. Just film fans. Just film fans who love it. Maybe they watch a film a night or something. I don't know.
1: Because, like with NXT, you watch this as much
2: for the love as you do for the work, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but do they just go, All oh, right, I love films, but oh, I've just watched Oppenheimer, mm. right? And it took three hours of my week. I might just give the next two nights a rest and just... say I want to watch Oppenheimer on the Sunday, right? Yeah. Right. Do I watch Once Upon a Time in America, right? Or is that the behaviour of a lunatic? Do I just chill out and watch uh, University Challenge and only connect on a Monday? I mean, that's a sweet hour of TV. But I had a friend you who of I mean? a film guy, and he
1: didn't have kids, and he would talk about how, like, tonight's films, I'm going to watch da, 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 this and this, and he didn't watch telly. There was never any like conversation at work about the TV shows of the time, particularly. The odd one would break through. But for the most part, that was his deal. Like, he asked, like, how do you do that back-to-back? How do you do it? How do you do it? Like, back-to-back. You watch one film, take a quick breather, then you stick the next one on. How does the first film even stick with you? How have you got the energy f- mentally for the second one? Yeah. And he, I think it was just like, it's a bit like training. Like, I think you just put in the work over the years to be yeah. able to compartmentalise his thoughts and have that as his, like, look at his, say, four, three hours, four, five, three hours on a night and think, that's a two-film block, not a... Film with a telly wraparound or something. Yeah, because I'm like that. I fit that your first description. If I've watched a film, and it's we've discussed about how I believe pretty much they're all too long. Yeah, if they're going over an hour and a half, I, it's a TV show. After that, it's a palette, it's yeah. a palate cleanser, or like a, a Twitter scroll or something. I need to clean my palate, as Tyler Bates said on this very show.
2: When I've watched yes. a film, uh, I need to watch some TV. So what I'm driving at here is at least if you were that person, and yeah. you're not going to watch like I don't know. Just Married,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or like the 9-11 twist film, whatever that's called. Yeah, Remember Me. Remember Me, and then, you know, Euro Trip. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a cinephile, you're going to watch things that are good. Uh-huh. Like maybe you haven't watched anything from Kurosawa, or maybe you've thought, you know what? When I was growing up, the rental stores didn't really have, the video shops didn't really have any early Michael Mann, and I've heard Thief's really good, and Thief is exceptional, and you watch it. At least with their thing that they do that takes two hours, it's like, it's good, it's artistic, it's got merit. Like, to go from a five-hour all-in show Mm -hmm. on the Sunday night to a three-hour Monday night Raw to two hours of NXT how do people do this willingly? I finally get what you what you're driving at. It there's
0: too so, much
2: of it, man. So we, and too much of it sucks. We what you're saying is, if I've got your analogy right, how can I watch a Joe Coffee match?
1: Yeah, well, like if I can, like if I can switch it to food because that's typically your other like frame of reference. That yes, you like articulate rather beautifully your tastes and your ability in the kitchen. We kind of loaded up on junk food on Sunday, didn't we? And imagine getting served this Michelin star stuff on Monday and Tuesday when you're already full. At yeah. McDonald's. And uh, then... Have I, got, like, have I got that right?
2: Yes, but we have the Michelin <laughs> star. Imagine you have like a nine course yeah. with wine pairings. Yeah, it doesn't... Because you get hungry every day. At least I get hungry every day. That's my friggin' problem. Yeah,
1: same. Such a dad bod, dickhead. I'm in real trouble. I've <laughs> I, I got like... Have I got, like I got, like, mega capital B energy at the moment. My upper body, so we're in in a difficult place.
2: Yeah, but at least I get hungry every day. Yeah. So I can eat every single day. I wish that wasn't the case. And then NXT two point, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, how do people willingly do this? There are elements of the show that I really enjoyed, but, like, I've wanted to crack an editorial for some time about... Film is different genre. another is in wrestling as well. Not in mm-hmm. WWE, which is my problem, chiefly. How do people watch so much of this? Like, do you not get to a point where you've watched your 16th, 17th, 18th wrestling match of the week and you see a wrestler, it's someone with a thrust kick and then that person sort of is dazed. But, oh, no, I've got fighting spirit because I tape traded in the 90s. And it's made its way across an ocean. And then, boo, I'm going to super kick you back. But oh, for both that we're going to fall down because we want the marks to chant. This is awesome. After the 19th, 20th, 21st go-round that week, I don't know how people do this willingly. Like, is wrestling, this is more important than NXT, and I'm going to gush about Oh, the this opener. episode was good. There's loads to talk about when we get into it. Like, is the medium that is wrestling, how did, because there are people on Twitter who I follow who just watch it all day long. Yeah. And they review it and uh, it's really like sort of rewarding to follow them and interesting because they'll MP4 something that I might go and watch. Mm -hmm. but They're watching it all day, every day. It's like, as much as it's, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's it's a rock concert. It's, you know, it's a bloodbath. It's comedy it's still fundamentally wrestling moves. Yeah. And the same creatives putting on Mm. the wrestling shows every week. I just, I don't know how people watch as much wrestling as they do. I'm not convinced that the medium is like so eclectic that I just don't know how people do it. And I struggled particularly after all in weekend to watch Joe coffee this week, but I watched a great match first, but I did then have to watch Joe But Like, you would have been watching New Japan at the time. I wasn't, and I went
1: and I sort of... The days in, before TV...
2: Well, I was going to say... Before the ones I don't want to bleep this podcast by mentioning them by name. Yeah. And the TV carrier for New Japan. <laughs> uh, before they were really cracking down loads of it, just got uploaded to YouTube. It was fantastic.
1: Well, I, w- I was thinking specifically of the years of the G1, which I went and as you do as a wrestling fan, you discover it at a certain point and then you probably have done this multiple times as well. It goes in my head then, oh, I need every single wrestler's backstory ever. So then I've earned myself a ton of work by going back and having to watch a ton of other stuff to build the context of these characters. And I think it would have been either, I want to say 2012, 13, those G1s around those times where they have those shows where it was like both blocks in one night. So you're talking about like 10 singles matches, a lot of them similar for maybe like four or five nights in a row. And it's you know at that point I'd say elite tier work and it's just oh that's too much. It's a bit too much. That's but too even, much, but the lockups, the structures there—it's like well, I've I've seen this five times now, I know, and that's I like know. it's a weird headspace to get into, isn't it? Yeah. Even
2: if the finishes are all different and the I watched you know. Osprey Nighto, and I'm watching it with literally two brains like colliding in my head at the same time. I'm drawn into this incredible work. I'm watching it. Some of it's absolutely out of this world, and then you see like these just incredible near falls where it's like All right that's it, and then no, Naito will not be denied, and it's a, it's a masterclass of crowd psychology because initially they were behind Osprey, uh-huh. and like the, obviously if you know anything about Japanese wrestling, the psychology of the underdog and the display of fighting spirit, and realistically, objectively, it is a masterpiece because. I know that's a general psychology of how to work the crowd, but I, the shift is so wonderful and gradual. And it's like, it's watching Petsia Paito become Tetsia Naito. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Over the course of 30 minutes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and even then, I'm like, oh boy, it's uh, August. Seen quite a bit of high end stuff for this year already. Yeah.
1: Yeah, The match of the year conversations used to be easier, and that's a weird thing to complain about, isn't it?
2: Yeah. You knew,
1: I mean, a lot of people probably know their number ones, the personal number ones, number twos, whatever, but when you start getting to the number seven, it used to be quite easy to f- find your way to seven in your head. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I might know my top three, maybe my top four, yeah. but everything else requires significance. The era of the spreadsheet fan. Yeah. People keeping their spreadsheets and breaking things down into like who... Won their place in like being the personal wrestler of the year because of how much wrestling they watch. Couldn't be me, and I watch a ton of this stuff. I watch too much stuff, like I love this, but I uh, like, yeah, I don't know how we got onto this as it relates to this NXT because I mean, this was just a perfect blend. Let's, let's get like, names straight straight
2: in. in. So I love this opener, contrary to everything I've just said.
1: I in the office, turned to you and referred to the dyad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Represent yeah, yeah. versus the Creed Brothers—the match to determine if the Creed Brothers are permitted to return to NXT or not—as the best steel cage match since Cody versus Wardlow. And I was right, wasn't I?
2: Well, Bucks Luchas.
1: Oh God, I forgot about that completely. So forgettable. Best TV steel cage match, and there's been plenty of them too.
2: Oh, I, I. this is tremendous. Uh, this goes like the beats and all. Yeah, so wax lyrical on da beats. Obviously,
1: the Creed Brothers have been hiding. Uh, in the JED for all these weeks, um, but they attack Brutus to the uh, to the die before he can even get there, and Julius is trapped inside the cage while Brutus is not just um, locked out, but is also beaten down, and the members of the JED carry him away. So you assume Brutus to be out of the match. Um, so it's the JED trying to double team Julius, but he just simply attacks to stop them. It's attack is the best form of def- defense. Uh, offense is the best form of defence, and that's all he does. He just attacks, attacks, attacks. Um, he smashes Jagger Reed with a belly-to-belly, and he hits one on Robbie Fowler. Um, there's a point at which uh, Julius gets like... Uh, did like, uh, Do try, try to catapult Julius Creed into the cage? But he manages to hold on, uh, flip them over, and then he's back in charge completely. He gets Rip Fowler in an ankle lock. Jesus Christ! You've probably seen this on the internet already. Uh, Gets Rip Fowler in an ankle I'm just lock. Get the button ready. Jagger recovers, tries to run over and break it up. Julius somehow catches him, rotates him, and hits him with a one-arm powerbomb without releasing the ankle lock.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Oh my God!
1: I've never seen this before, and that's not the only time I'm
2: going to say this. This match, <laughs> right. This was absolutely unbelievable, and Julius Creed. Is obviously getting the credit. Cause that's kind of how these things go. Yeah, but who took it, Fowler? Uh Yes, oh, uh, no Jagger Reed. Fowler's in the on clock. Jagger Reed took the power one. Yeah, Jagger Reed here. Yeah, James Drake. Come on, that's <laughs> <laughs> like the level of trust he put in to the move. It required a lot of core strength. It's a collaboration. It's a dance. Mm-hmm. But I, I think James Drake deserves like so much more credit than he's got. Or at least on my Twitter timeline. Yeah, Um, for the trust for the like the like the body control, the agility, like my God, this is one of the most. I'll remember this spot for a long, long, long time, and you know it worked in the uh, in the context of the match. it was two people who just will not be denied anymore who've been training and waiting for this for like however many weeks this has been going on. It was like some of them show out, yeah,' as the yanks I think say
1: it uh. Sometimes in wrestling, it, is it even my favourite spot? I don't know.
2: Well, I'm going to get to
1: what mine was, and as, as good as that was, it does. Uh, it takes a village, doesn't it? Sometimes So you have got the agent in to come up with this for Julius, as the kind of making of him, and then we get the making of Brutus. Well, maybe. Um, we get the making of Brutus later on because the yeah, yeah, they eventually are able to take control and it's looking pretty bleak for Julius Creed. But Brutus makes his return finally. He just smashes through a load of yeas losers. Oh my God, those little
2: goobers. But Joe Gacy... The, 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 the
1: creepers, but good. Yeah, ex- yes, exactly that, right? But, um, and like, Ivy Nile was beating them up last week, so they are total losers. But they're great warm bodies to get knocked about, they're dumbass masks. Joe Gacy's got the key to the cage. Um... And, obviously, Brutus cannot get to it. But he's Brutus Creed, so he just rips the friggin' door off. And if you've seen the infamous Botchamania clip of the extended version of Mark Henry trying and failing to do this, yeah. um, if that's at one end of the scale, and Kane at Hell in a Cell 1997 is at the other, I think we have to, like, reinvent the scale and put Brutus' above it because him tearing it off... And then bringing it in as a weapon. Oh, for God's sake! Was just the the coolest guys. Just the most delightful aggro chaos, the type of which WB forgets to do so often. I would dare say it's the type of spot that this would occur in a dynamite and you'd be like, you just don't get that in WWE. Yeah. Nobody, uh, yeah. Th- nobody thinks to do anything that wacky and fun. Everything's got to be coloured within the lines. He rips that off and you think, that's a massive door. And he's like, why wouldn't I'm you use it? I'm taking it with me. Bang, bang, bang. That was like a,
2: one of those weird eureka moments when you know when like just something happens. Yeah. And you think, why hasn't anybody else thought of that? Why haven't we been doing that the entire time? Like, why would you put it away? Yeah. It was so good. And like immediately as well, you're given the complete
1: logical rationale as to why they would try and divide and conquer with the creeds. Because as a pair, they just absolutely kick ass. This is like they've crafted a um, sort of like both 80s Rock and Roll Express and 2016 American Alpha Hot Tag in a steel cage. I don't know how they've done this. And they're the Steiners? Yeah, just this wall of offence. They hoi Jagger Reed into the cage like four times. The joy that is coming across their face as they're just chucking him from cage to cage to cage. Before I forget.
0: Oh my my God.
2: How often do we watch cage matches that have got weapons in it? And it's like, the cage is a weapon? Yeah. There's very few things more aesthetically pleasing than watching some hapless prick get bounced into the unforgiving mesh. And then, I mean, we've got to talk about At the cage finish. nowadays. Is just a device to be opened, and yes, it happened here. But like, it's a weapon. Yeah, it's so pleasing. It's like it's up there. It's almost up there with the table for me. And you go, uh, boom. yeah, it's great, isn't it? Because they get to bounce off it as well. You've got yeah. the ring right there.
1: Uh, this God, look. So they finish the Creed too with the the um, like the diving clothesline thing we've seen before. But I think it's time for a new finisher, isn't it? Because the setup to the finisher, this happens sometimes. Wrestlers happen upon what is clearly their finisher. But at the time, it's just a setup, and then you see that, and you're like, no, that's the thing you need to use. So all this time, we've seen and enjoyed Brutus doing his cannonball, and we've looked at it sometimes and thought, oh, Jesus Christ, mate, you're going to end your career doing it. Your
2: ankles are in trouble. You're
1: in real bother. WWE might have figured out a way to save his ankles and created one of the best tag finishers of the past 25 he years. He put them on both shoulders. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Double doomsday device position of Julius Creed holding both them up and Brutus as a cannonball into them. Like knocking oh my them out. Yeah. The Pin scattered oh everywhere. God. They're taking a beating. This was unbelievable.
2: My match rating for this was. Oh
0: my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, my God. Oh my god.
2: Three quarters of.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> right, people my, people my, have to watch this.
2: No, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. It might be four and a half. But my god. Like I love the recency bias of watching this. It was yeah. fricking unbelievable. I just... I don't, after that, I was spent, and then I was on my Oppenheimer analogy. After this match, I was like, right, oh, what? that's I've completed wrestling for, <laughs> for like a week now. It's rare that we get to say this. My
1: whole thing now about, um, I, need to, I need matches to make me remember them at the end of the week. And we've got like, you know, if the, if the weekend's with Sundays all in and you start afresh, we've already had Raw, nothing off there. And then there's Dynamite, Collision, Payback, All Out. It's a massive week. I'm looking up and down these cars, and I'm not sure come Sunday I'm going to remember anything as much as this. Nah. Like, that's the gauntlet has been thrown down. A spectacular piece oh, of work. This. And the Creed's
2: are back on NXT. Watch and, it. Yeah. I know people do this podcast, listen to it usually for, you know, it's, a, it's the da- Dadley Boys and Will Bourne album track. Yeah, that's fair. And you don't really watch the show. Go, watch this match. It was class.
1: It was really great. Uh, yeah, and then kind of like proper NXT starts because we get one of four promos. All the women in the number one contender's main event are given little vignettes where they talk about why they want to win. Like, And they're all pretty awful and cringeworthy for their own reasons. It's this thing where nobody speaks like these people oh, speak.
2: And I've forgotten what they all said. So it's,
1: Roxy's... It's like half two? Roxy's like uh, Roxanne Perez is sort of, you know, a few months ago, I would have said, I respect Keanu James, Gigi Dolan, and Blair Davenport for all their accomplishments. But if I did that now, it'd be a damn lie. Because Roxanne Perez has got an edge. So just, that's, that's her tonight, yeah? yeah? More than the others later. Right. Hey, uh, hey English guy with the big words. Time to do some math and science because it's the explanation of the Global Heritage Invitational Tournament coming up. Right, here we go. Norm Dar's Heritage Cup That if is already quite complex. You've got a round system where rounds are redundant in wrestling now, each of them timed. That itself is a um, most falls win. It's not just one fall to finish in the rounds. Uh, if you run out of time, even if you're midway through a pin, the pin gets stopped. So there's enough going on with the Heritage Cup, you would say, wouldn't you? Now, if anybody wants a shot at that Heritage Cup, we've got to enter a tournament where there are two banks of four wrestlers facing off in (laughs) round-robin matches with a... I love this, how random this is. With a 12-minute time limit. It's two points for a win by pinfall or submission. And they left out count out and DQ because you know that's coming down the line somewhere. One for a draw. Zero for a loss. No rounds at all. And the winners of both banks of four face each other in another match, and then the winner of that match
2: fights I'm Dar for his stupid Timpok Cup at No Mercy in like a month and a half. Shawn Michaels and Tony Khan looking at each other saying this is what it feels like when Doves cry. <laughs> the blocks, because uh, this is G1 adjacent, block A,
1: Axiom, Tyler Bate, Charlie Dempsey and Butch. How's <laughs> <was at> my-
2: <coughs> NXT 2.0? Got round to a round robin tournament quicker than AEW when everyone knows as well. AEW and New Japan are you know, yeah, inextricably linked and have been since day one. And everyone wants a G one. Cannot just do a Dynamite G one. How much better Dynamite would be in these like? That's well, not happening anymore because we're getting insidiously loads more pay per views, starting mm-hmm. with Wrestle Dream. Oh, that's just another one. Oh, I for another one. <laughs> like do a round robin on AEW TV with the talent mm-hmm. they've got, because everyone can get a win.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's what they're going for here, isn't it? Like, Axiom, Tyler Bate, Charlie Dempsey and Butch in block A. Akira Tazawa, Nathan Frazier, Joe Coffey, and Drew Hudson. more on him later, in block B. So, that's, it's, these are like your kind of upper tier mid-carders, for the most part, with a couple of token losers in, as has to be the way in the G1, and we get to see them wrestle each other for the next month. Uh, backstage, Tony D and Stacks are there, like, Stax seems pretty chill this week, considering that he said he can't make any of our podcasts. So when he does decide to rock back up, I'll have to have some words about that, I think. Because I assumed it would be championship commitments, but this was literally all he did all night. So it's,
2: yeah, I don't know what he's
1: playing at, really. playing at Staxi. Anyway, they're there with Mello celebrating all being champions. Um, and the Street Profits are there. And it's kind of... I like this quite a lot, actually, because the Street Profits are doing this thing where it's they're happy to be back in NXT. And they remember all the fun times they had here. But there's like a little bit of a snarky alleged to them as per the characters they're playing on SmackDown with Bobby Lashley. So I kind of try to have it both ways a little bit. And I say, yeah, maybe we'll have a tag title shot soon, and all that kind of thing. Um, Carmelo Hayes has got other things on his plate. So he's, uh, you know, it's great to see his, but I've got a dash. I need to remove the asterisks from my record. You know, he's obviously, he's got all this business on the go with Wesley and Ely Dragonoff and all these sort of things. So he heads off um, and oh, Dragonoff show. Right? Oh my God. We'll get to that. And uh, Montez Ford just casually teases, ah, maybe if we rock back up on NXT, uh, maybe we'll have a shot one day. A little bit more on that later because I was genuinely quite impressed with something that I thought they were setting up. Uh, but this all gets broken up, Jesus Christ, by the four women who were set to wrestle in the tag match just fighting. They're just like, "It's uh, this is NXT saying it's not me, stupid bloody women bundling in that was what this was. Yeah. Like, oh, they burst through the door. And like
2: the, all the tag, the cool tag have some bloody composure. You're hysterical. That was it.
1: Like all the tag oh, oh, What Hey? What are they like? Uh, we'll get to that tag
2: much later on, but not in much detail. because so going to so, say? Any
1: thoughts on any of this? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah you know, I <laughs> quite like weirdly about NXT. Like, segments like this happen quite often where, you know, hey, stacks and Tony D. Like, I'm a bit of banter with the Street Profits. Mm. and. Or Carmelo Hayes and like the baby faces are hanging about. They don't really save each other. No. But when you why do I like it when the baby faces and XT congregate backstage and just are pals? Does it is is it a stretch to say it just feels like a bit of a lived in thing where you talk about the brotherhood yeah. in wrestling. They always talk, oh, "My my my, brothers." You know, you know, you wouldn't know anything about us. You ain't, you you ain't you ain't in the inner sanctum just like me and my brothers.
1: I was an only child until I joined a wrestling locker room, and then I had all the family I would
2: ever goddamn need. <laughs> when I saw Cash, that match of Santana Ortiz, and I saw his blood, I went. <laughs> My goddamn blood looks exactly the same because we're blood brothers.
1: Um, <laughs> he handed me that vision. and I put a tequila right in it. Changed my goddamn life.
2: Um, I like it because wrestling's meant to be a brotherhood. Yeah. I don't know it feels like one of the few vaguely realistic things why
1: NXT is a program. It is funny that it is a program. It is funny that it doesn't like it's not an AEW thing of setting up like relationships or stables or matches, it's just to do it in it. Like they all live down there in Florida, they work out every day. It's like, oh, hi, hi, I mean there's like they but they were laughing at work the other day and it's like, Sean, can we do this thing we did on camera? Oh, it's not like, like it's oh, it's oh, a drive thing. Yeah, they're the real best friends are in NXT. But then like Sean doesn't keep tabs on it. So it's not like in four weeks' time it's like, Oh yeah, Mello and Tony Dean Sachs are kinda of mates, so that's why they run out to make the save. It just goes away.
2: Just mates. Yeah, just mates. Like, weren't there uh, Tony Dean's tax mates like Roxanne Perez a little while ago? Yeah, for a bit. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> That's that now. Done that now. Um Right. The Heritage Global Invitational kicks off with Daryl uh, Dempsey versus Butch. Oh, oh, God. Uh, a lot of regal aura isn't there? remember, Butch he used to wear the burgundy uh, onesie, onesie when he was um, Pete Dunn. Look, this was all right, but, like, you know what you're getting? It's these two... Uh, they twist each other's arms really bloody hard, and they punch each other in the face really bloody hard. That's why people hate British wrestling, because we're all boring, miserable bastards that don't have any goddamn pizzazz. Like, it's just gritty, and it's very CWC wrestling in a place that tried to eradicate the CWC. You know, like, by which I mean the Capital Wrestling Centre, not the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Could have done a bit more of that, actually. Like, it's gritty, and I know this is up some people's streets, not really mine without something that genuinely shocks you. We're not talking that time that, like, remember the first time Shoshana Bear was a stand on Dakota Guy's elbow? Like, he yeah. was just sort of squealed in horror. He's like, oh, God, is this what them hard wrestlers
2: do? It's none of that really here, is it? He's bending his <sighs> finger all the way back. It's. I felt guilty watching this because they've obviously sat down. Maybe not even for that long because, like, well, it certainly certainly is that good. And you know, they've sat down. And, you know, they've trained really hard. And they. Have attempted to master, and some might argue Butch has, how to make it look really painful, how to like convincingly escape from these torturous holds, how to like really hate each other hard in the safe spaces and make sure no one leaves the ring injured, but maybe a little bit wobbly and hurt. Mm. And I'm just, this is, I went on my phone. Yeah. I went on my phone a little bit
1: there's one thing worse than wrestling happening in front of you, it's fighting happening in front of you. Yeah. If a fight happens in the street, you can't not look. can you? It's one of them weird things like you shouldn't... It's, it's a transgression of humanity. Yes. Two people are deciding to physically yes. attack one another. Gosh. This was that. Do I have to keep looking at this? And ironically enough, it ends with like a high spot because Pete Dunne does that... A butch, sorry, does that thing where like Charlie Dempsey's got him in like a full Nelson lock on the top, suplexes him... And Butch lands on his feet and a bit of ending. It's like a bit
2: of flash. A bit of flash. Are you guys are getting me. It's one of those words like, oh, because they've built it so, you know, stubbornly, the flash yeah. is meant to be the they're meant to make the flash mean something. Mm. But at the end it was just I was just more, you know, relieved by the flash. Yes. Rather than like, Oh my god, the flash has arrived <laughs> I was like, Oh, thank God for some bloody flash.
1: I <laughs> oh, beat him with You've a bit. You that man. flash.
2: Two points on the board for Butch. I'm not keeping a running tab. I
1: expect NXT to do that for me. But Two points on the board for Butch. Um, Dragon Lee uh, wants another crack at Dominic Mysterio. But Moose Ali comes in and says, well, you had your shot and you lost. I've never had a one-on-one. They've, of course, I'd like triple threats and stuff, but he's never had a one-on-one shot. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> this is, I laughed at this, smirked at it. I didn't laugh, smirked. He's sick of an outsider like Dominic Mysterio carrying around the North American title. Guys like us, we bleed NXT. Like, he's on the main roster. That's the gag. Yeah. Uh, and, like, uh, Dragon Lee's like, well, yeah, actually, I agree with that. Like, one of us should get it back. And Moose Farley's like, yeah, well, uh, you tried and you were terrible, so I want that. Thanks very much. And he just, Moose Farley's his way out of shot, doesn't he? We get uh, an Instagram video later on in the show. Oh, this is great, I thought. Where Rhea and Dominic Mysterio kind of, like, mock the pair of them. And Dominic's been watching, and he says, "Well, like, you obviously need to settle your own differences before you face me, and it doesn't really matter who wins, because I'll beat you when I fight you anyway. And then Rhea says, well, why don't you two have a match? And Dirty Dom, who looks great in stripes, can be the guest referee. So is it next week's NXT where we've got these two? Well, potentially. With Dominic Mysterio as the guest referee to determine the number one contender
2: for him at no Bill mercy. mercy. Yeah. I thought Dominic Mysterio was great here. Yeah. Like, you cannot wipe the smile the smug smirky douchebag smile off his face like he's so locked into this character yeah like he just looked unbearable
1: he said he's gonna either he said it or Rhea said it like well it's no
2: good you're having this match
1: because he's gonna be North American champion until he retires yeah like what a stupid concept this kid's been in like five minutes he's useless he's got it forever he's got it forever huh? might as well just retire it uh, oh boy um, what the hell was this Ilya Dragunov is in the ring kind of playing Monday Night Raw game show host right like when we returned from like the break he's just doing his conductor thing to nobody in particular uh, and then he does like a WWE bit doesn't he, he's like uh. doing a bit of exposition, and he's having a bit of a laugh and a joke and he's like uh, you know what, last week, Trick really wanted to prove himself and he wanted to impress people, he impressed me there's the you know the, I don't know if this was clear from, from the match last week, but there's an endorsement. Yes, uh, I don't know if that was picked up. Da, da Darab,
2: Darab, <laughs> uh, Darab. Uh,
1: trick is not just a sidekick, huh? Eh? Because uh, what's going on yeah. Um Anyway, that's done and dusted. NXT Championship. Come on, Melo. He wants to send a message to Melo, but he gets interrupted by Noam Dar, who reveals that the metaphor. Uh hanging out in what used to be the Jixi Lounge. Yes. And they've got their own metaphor
2: viewing platform. I should have seen this coming. He said he was going to be on the beach the old time. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the best beach in a building? That's right. He's yeah, gonna, He's going to watch the entire tournament
1: play yeah. out for his cup, right? But they're, they're insufferable, but it, this, is, this is my stuff. I like to have this kind of stuff and then show it to Murray and be like, "See, Murray, this is wrestling. Yeah. A guy that likes his, like, very stiff, very hard, angry men, attacking each other. it's like no we have seen all different colors here and all the stupid things we're all saying it's pro wrestling norm Dar, um, is basically wanting to set up an impromptu supernova sessions with Ilya dragunov um, he says that dragunov's sad and pathetic for begging for a match uh, another match against carmelo
0: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out Is uh,
1: when they've got their first class tickets to No Mercy. He's still buzzing that he doesn't have to wrestle I like that character trait in general when he plays it as daft as he does. Aura um, mensa calls Ely Dragunov something in German. Um Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson saying Noam Dar isn't scared of anyone, isn't scared of Elya, ja- isn't scared of Eli Dragunov, and you kind of feel like build into a fight Ilya Dragunov's trying to be above it all and so well I know what's happening here he takes off a jacket he's ready for the fight um, and Norm Dar looks like he's about to lay out the challenge but before he can Oral Mensah has already left the metaphor space made it down to ringside and taken it himself he wants the fight with Ilya Dragunov it's like Norm Dar kind of an idiot coward but Oromensa's showing a bit of agency here so he runs the ring they have a brief brawl Oromensa's fairly easily handled dispatched to the floor it's going to be Mensa Dragunov next week I didn't see any of this direction coming as a distraction for Dragonoff while he waits for Carmelo Hayes. But it's really dumb, and I'm
2: into it. It's weird. It's one of those further reminders that Dragonoff does not belong in this system. No. It's weird, isn't it? It's like, of all the acts he's going to feud with, he's feuding with the metaphor. Yeah. It's like, you don't belong.
1: He was trying to do it like you Go know on that, New Japan. You know that thing where like wrestlers, um, Kevin Owens is probably the guy that's mastered it the most. It's like, this is stupid. I'll... Just bulldoze my way through it. Yeah, Dragonoff's like, well, I, I've seen this a million times. Off goes the jacket. It's a little bit of that, isn't it? He was, yeah. trying, he was trying to deadpan it, but I mean, Ely Dragonoff deadpans nothing. You ain't got look the stuff. At, look at him.
2: You ain't got the stuff for this. Yeah, he, he's bad enough doing actual WWE material, mm. let alone that self-aware sort of balancing act that Kevin Owens can get away with. But basically, Kevin Owens thinks WWE is worse than I do. You know what I mean? That's the character. Dragunov can't do the Kozlov or the Kevin Owens. Are they doing the bit
1: where Noam Dar, drunk on arrogance of somehow going from Weekend at Burnies guy to getting his Heritage Cup back, rather than going to a beautiful beach, has instead decided to watch NXT, and his mouth has gotten him in trouble, and he's like three weeks away of his six-week holidays from getting brutalised by Dragunov before he loses the Heritage Cup? He's like He's gone from the, like, sublime to the ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I don't hate Sh- that.
1: Should have been jet-setting, and he's just going to be torn limb yeah. from limb by the hardest man on the roster. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. Absolute vintage Von coming next. Um, Like,
2: literally vintage.
1: I did a Will Bourne, and I wrote it down. Von Wagner, wearing his tabled T-shirt. <laughs> you call yourself the badass brand-breaker. More like blindside brand-breaker, because that's the second time you blindsided me. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Bron. It's uh, it's Bron and Von.
2: No DQ next week. That's gonna rule. Badass. Badass, more like blindside. If you got such a badass, what do you sit on? Your back or your legs?
1: <laughs> a badass. Does that mean you take a dump out of your dick? <laughs>
2: does that mean then you come out your ass?
0: <laughs>
1: Is that why you're angry enough to blindside me? Blindside brand breaker? Blind side Breaker? Blindside <laughs> Breaker. Brilliant, man. I was just so pleased. When he said it, I was like, oh my God, he's going to explain why he said it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Once again, and we he stuck a come Tuesday in there, didn't he? Come Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Come, it's come gonna be, Tuesday. going to be me and you, no DQ. So that was a bit Tony D there, sorry. Aye, um, oh, yeah, it's Bron and Vaughn. A bit more from Rumbreaker later on. I thought he was quite funny this week as well. Aye, um, oh, we had... Electra Lopez and Lola Weiss versus Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan. And, like, Christ Almighty, add Ken Shamrock to the list of wrestlers that Dana Brooke has been told to be in this bizarre oh NXT God. run, right? So they have this match that is a very, like, rote
2: performance center on television hey, match. That's not bad for the level of experience. Right, yeah. Okay. There was one sort of I'm going to arm drag you. No, you're not. Yeah. And on the ropes I thought was quite well done, quite like, well-timed. So they're having the match where, like, Dana can't really get in.
1: Uh, and the heels are, like, dominating on Kalani Jordan. It's not that thrilling, but, like, there's nothing going wrong, which is, which is fine. Um, and then Kalani's able to make the tag. And Dana Brooke comes in. And basically, obviously, lately she's been this angry heel mentor or heel-leaning mentor of Kalani Jordan. And to illustrate that point, she does all her very gymnastic babyface offence but with the growl and a scowl, so like you get these like sort of, I don't know, like the backflip, uh, elbows, and all these like sort of quick John Cena sequence style clotheslines. But then she'll just go like, ah, and like sort of look around to be angry at nothing in particular. It's so phony feeling, and you know it's, she, it's pitiful. She's yet again following instructions, and she's yet again thinking like, I'm going to take this direction, and I'm going to. Add another another string to my bow, and I'm going to make this work. And this is the story. So this is what we're getting. Um, but what happens is uh, Dana tackles it's Lola Vice, I think tackles Lola Vice to the floor because she's just a like a raging bull. And then the heels double team Dana Brooke and higher into the steps. Kalani Jordan is distracted, which allows them to set up like uh, like a heart attack. But instead of a heart attack, a clothesline, it's a spin kick, which misses by a goddamn. Postcode, yeah. like, and the heels get the win because Kalani Jordan was distracted by Dana Brooke getting attacked. And then when Dana Brooke comes to, she's bloody raging. Oh, she's furious, raging with
2: Kalani Jordan for losing the match. I, I, it's, it's, it's getting awkward, isn't it? Well, it's, it's like it's one of my favorite things to do. Is maybe it's not a pleasant thing to do. Is you know maybe like like bury a wrestler. It's becoming increasingly difficult to do that with a conscience when it comes to Dana Brooke because it's punching down.
1: Yeah. That's how it feels, isn't it? Shouldn't. She'll Should be able to... uh it for years. Ah, yes. That's a good Al. Um, it's Gigi in next. Uh, roll this down. <clears throat> of course. The road to the women's title... Oh is the choice between the devil you know and the devil you don't. The devil I know is chaos, and a four-way match is chaos. See so out there. What? Is that her saying, well, that's her using her stupid, I was going to say flowery language, but, like, she holds that flower, and they weren't literal about the flower. Yes. Her flowery language, say, well, better, actually. I'm better in this situation than what I want. Well, you're not, and it didn't work out. Yes.
2: So you're talking bollocks. It's uh, unfathomably stupid at times, NXT. I don't think it gets enough credit. We've tried to say this on the podcast a lot of times. It's It shouldn't exist. It's so stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people shouldn't have got jobs to get the WWE job. You know what I mean? I couldn't turn up and say, I want a job as a writer in WWE. It's like, well, what's your experience in television writing? I don't really have any. I'm like, well, suck my dick then. Like, get out. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? So they've had to, be a writer's assistant somewhere or intern somewhere, or do something to get a line in one show and then you get the credential and then you build it, then you go to... Who's writing this? How have they got jobs? It's like, like
1: for us it'd be like Christmas crackers for our American friends. You seem to use see the reference fortune cookie. You use more. Like it's as if like someone that night had a fortune cookie and it said, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And that writer... A bit like when we've talked about people think they've invented a phrase. I don't think anyone's ever heard this. Yeah. I'm going to drop this in an NXT this week. Because, Elephant in the room. their frame of reference. Yeah, because their frame of reference is small enough that they're like, I think I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket. Yeah. yeah. Drop it in on uh, Tuesday morning. Sean will love it. Yeah.
2: Uh, and uh, Sean's. Four ways are the devil, I've understood. Yeah. Four four, fatal four way matches in WWE are satanic.
1: They're the, well, they're the chaos that Satan brings, and Gigi Dolan loves yes. chaos. Yeah. And, Sean doesn't remember it. Do you know why? Because he's forgotten more about this business than he'll ever remember. Yeah. So that's that's why the writers get it in. Um, here we go. I like, again, I'm going to praise this. Trick is backstage. Well, actually, I'm going to take the piss out of it and praise it. Trick is backstage. Carmelo Hayes, who we knew was going to be, like, busy about tonight, he had a lot of things to address, uh, walks in and Trick Williams mentions, oh, we're speaking with the street profits, but it's cut off, which certainly implies that since we saw them earlier on, the Street Profits have actually tried to, yeah, you know, go through the gears with Trick and Mellow a little bit. What's going on there? But Mellow doesn't want to hear that because he's obsessed with this idea that the only reason he beat Dragon off was because of Trick Williams, and that's why he wants to have this, well, potentially might want to have this match against him, or yeah. he's questioning himself, basically. Um And he's saying, can I beat him, yes or no? Trick Williams goes, like, he hesitates a little bit, and Mellows backs up a bit, and then he says... I don't think and then Carmelo Hayes just cuts my father fine then. He just bails. And then he bails and he must have been out of a shot a second and a half. Yes. Right? Yes. How small is that room? He's been out of a shot a second and a half. Trick says, I don't think you can. I know you can.
2: First of all, Carmelo Hayes heard this, as you yeah. said. Second of all, you could go back and watch him What's say it? this. Move on. I was annoyed by this. Uh, and I, it's a shame. Fake cornball
1: nonsense. Something is occurring there, isn't it? Like the Street Profits showing interest in Trick and Mello, or one or the other, I think is interesting. And they've talked about, you know, like in that prior segment about possibly linking up together, there might be something to it. But Mello has been a bit blinded by his own motivations. It was just a shame that the execution of this was totally stupid. Again, they thought it was super clever. Start the sentence, but then Mello doesn't hear the second half. On this national television show. Ah, oh, it's a misunderstanding. That's right. Um, Dijak
2: versus Eddie Thorpe is up next. made um, this, weren't hmm? it? Weird. It wasn't good. They've got a way better match in them. They do. They've had one, haven't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, they have. They've got, certainly they've got like, this was sort of obsessed with the singular idea of Dijak will cheat to win. But then he kinda looks physically dominant at points, so it's not really born ah, out, yeah, yeah. Not really born out of desperation. There was no like real logic to it. So they're you know, they're brawling at the start because, you know, it's this heated thing at this point where Eddie Thought's been distracting Dijak. You know, they're fighting by the stairs. It's all very like sort of it's it's borderline big meaty men slapping meat kind of yeah. thing. They're just it's hard hitting stuff. Um, to the point at which Dijak is forced to take his belt off and try and wrap it around his fist to hit Eddie Thorpe. Um, But Thorpe moves out the way, um, gets the belt himself, and then Dijak blocks it. And they're fighting over it, so you know that this this belt, if somebody can get it, they're going to use it, and they're going to cause some serious goddamn damage. Um, But anyway, the belt seems to have been thrown out the way. They go back into action. Dijak uh, peels off to the floor, and Eddie Thorpe does a dive onto him. Um, He tries to roll Dijak back into the ring, but Dijak counters and hoys him uh, over the commentary table. Uh, He then gets... um, Eddie and rolls him back in the ring, but goes for a chair before he gets back in the ring as well. He sort of swings. The referee doesn't make enough of a job to really do anything about this. Yeah. But he runs and swings wildly at Eddie, who ducks. Um, at which point, uh, DiJack gets a kick in the head and falls out of the ring, which allows the ref to get rid of the chair. As the ref is getting rid of the chair, DiJack retrieves the belt, which was thrown out earlier on, wraps it around his hand, and clocks uh, Eddie Thorpe, rolls back in, hits a spin kick, and wins it. And then, obviously, it it was the belt that was the the difference maker. I just sort of thought this was all a bit rushed and underthought. Like, Dijak has cheated repeatedly, or at least tried to, and I get what they're doing. You know, they're trying to put over Eddie Thorpe even in defeat here. Yes. But it wasn't very, like, impactful. I don't think you can do these weapons-heavy brawls. Like, to be fair, I think they achieved that with, with this stuff between, like, Von Braun and Baron Corbin. Like that spear that oh, break oh, it on yeah. the floor, and like Von doing the table stuff
2: now—that feels like big bomb stuff. Yeah, this wasn't that. No, it was crap. Not crap, but it was—I like, was let down. Actually, I had actually yeah. actual expectations for these two because they've had it before. Um, like they're both really good, and it just felt like they were so obsessed with this. And WWE gets obsessed with one single story. beat, as you're saying, it yeah. just completely gobbled the whole thing up, and I was I'm just bored. And we're getting it again together more blatantly. Yeah.
1: Eddie Thorpe's going to say, you beat me with a belt, so let's have a match where we're tied it's together with the a belt. definitely the second
2: match in a trilogy, where the yeah. first one gets you excited about the trilogy, the second one puts a, does nothing really except insert the story, beat to justify the third match.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's Keanu James' turn to speak, Sitch. Um, we all think of success when we think of her. Yeah, that goes without saying. It's Keanu James. Uh, <laughs> quote, Roxy's been through so much. Gigi Dolin rides her mommy issues. And Blair has an identity complex.
2: What's an identity complex? What's an identity complex? A superiority complex, maybe? An identity crisis? Prices. Yeah, they put these together. I don't even know if she has either of those
1: things. No, she did. It's just, it's
2: just a bit mean.
1: Yeah, she did illustrate the point. She was like, oh, one minute you're attacking everybody in parking lots. The next minute you're trying to wrestle your way to the title. It's like, maybe the parking lot thing wasn't for her. Maybe that's, yeah. why, maybe that's why this is totally different. Um, but they're all excuses. Sid, she doesn't need an excuse. She knows what she's doing in business and in wrestling. And tonight she'll win. Um, they go backstage to Baron Corbin. This is like just a cute character moment. He's bollocking a runner for like no reason. It's that yeah. cliched thing about a guy that's too big for this place having to yeah. go at the little guy for no reason, and like kind of. a, a in the mood for banter bron breaker just rocks up hey, hey. he's been like angry bron he was like uh, where's my thank you from last week like he's really sort of clowning this whole thing um corbin resents the idea that he needed to be saved that like Brons maybe just got too big an ego or something like that um maybe if he uh like if he fails at his t-shirt making business and then you look and bron breaker is wearing a self-made t-shirt it's so, uh, actually quite a good burn like uh well i'll worry about fighting you one time Uh, Bron Breaker wants to end Von Wagner's dream Um, so don't you be getting involved Baron Corbin Corbin says he doesn't care about either of them and then Bron's like well good because I don't want you to care about us if you do it's the end of the world it's this said it before like pissing contest between two eunuchs at this point like I don't don't care what you think I don't care what you think well I don't care more actually yeah Um, and Corbin to end the segment laughs at
2: him and walks away and then Breaker goes (laughs) he mocks his laugh pulls his face
1: that's weird. Break, really break, strange. I love
2: Breaker Spear. I do like this heel act to a degree, but the days of well, what's the next phase of the company? Seem like they are gone.
1: I can't decide because I think he's really finding himself as a heel, but it's a bit like that kind of in that WWE boot camp way. Yeah, like Sean's PowerPoint presentation. To Triple H has been like, yeah, I loved him as a baby face, but kind of got the lot now. We need to see if he could do it all. Yeah, like this guy can welcome you to Monday Night Raw and spear you out your boots, Paul. Yeah, he's got but the Drew McIntyre thing got to do that before you can do that. Yeah, you
2: know? yep, 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 yep.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, Angel Garza wakes up and is bleeding. Okay? Uh, he's washing the blood off in his house, and then there's a knock at the door. It's Umberto Carrillo. Sige, They had a dream about Grandpa, and Angel did too, right? And it's
2: so it's Grandpa Freddy Krueger. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, it's like, was Grandpa just a big cat? Right, so they're talking about, about the same dream about grandpa, and uh, Angel's like, Hey, check this out! and he reveals his peck with like three bloody gashes down in the shape of a claw print, right? And then Umberto's like, No way, man! and he's got it too from a dream about grandpa, right? It's, it's Grandpa's Freddy Krueger, right? But you're thinking. Like, I can't, I've been watching this thing where like the, the family history is trying to bring them both together after that one defeat, right? Like, ha, what's this? Like, that's a physical attack and it's fresh. The blood is yeah, still. Yeah, yeah.
2: Again, Freddy Krueger has the capability of wounding people in dreams. Yeah. So that's.
1: That's the grandpa.
2: Yeah. Right. But no, because it turns out that when
1: they um, started losing that one time, everything they built up together. You ready for this stage? got ripped away, and the footage of their matches was the same rip as the tearing of the skin on the chest. So they must have known in kayfabe that when they were having this conversation, a vignette would air that had the rip on, almost as if they were trying to establish a new brand for themselves. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But that's been ripped away. Time to start afresh. This time, with Grandpa looking down with pride. Um... They'll grab Glory for themselves and also for Grandpa, and they're back next week. What?
2: Of Freddy Krueger. Bleeding from their chests because of a dream about Grandpa. Tell you what that's made, I want to listen to Ruben on the way home. <laughs> what, this? is the Freddy Krueger reference.
1: I, uh, a deep cut. They are going to, speaking of deep cuts, they're going to have them on their chest next week, aren't they? Yeah. That's their thing now.
2: But like, like, I, I know, I understand. Right, that this is their way of doing a like a very tortured metaphor, but they are actually bled in their dreams. Yeah, <laughs> they bled in their dreams, literal, savaged. Uh, there's a nice uh,
1: tribute to Bray Wyatt next. I, that was a bit I really liked. So they do the thing again where they, yeah they play the tribute video and then it cuts back into the arena and they've got the chair there again as his music plays, and they cut to the desk and Booker T. And Vic Joseph are doing the Firefly thing with the phones. And that's tea, man. Like yeah. He's a sort of Hall of Fame, We were at the pit out of him. He's an abysmal commentator, but like a legendary figure. Yeah. And he's doing Bray White's bit. You know, I think you said this, and I think you're bang right. I think this Firefly thing is going to stick. I hope it does. That becomes every like sort of lights-out wrestler's like extra motif. Yeah. And that's something that's going to stick around for Bray. Um, Blair Davenport gets the last uh vignette. Um, she's had a decade of destroying people all over the globe uh, goes a little bit dragging off here quotes winning tonight is a foregone conclusion I'm smiling because I take immense pleasure in watching my opponents scream in pain so many weird immense guys immense pleasure immense pleasure Just win the match yeah. It should start as a contest shouldn't it That's the point it should always start as a contest this, yes. this sickles investment you've got in inflicting pain it's not necessarily part of the deal. Certainly not yeah. something you should reveal yes. beforehand. Um, anyway, Global Heritage Invitational's back and it's Joe Coffey versus Nathan Frazier. Scared. Yeah, please, because it went 10 frigging minutes and had no right to when all there really is to talk about is the fact that Nathan Frazier looked like at one point he'd end Odomore himself on the top rope.
2: Oh, it looked gruesome.
1: Really terrifying. Like, we hope he's fine. He appeared to be able to take a, s- a second and then recover and they were able to get right back into it. Hope he's alright because... Oof.
2: It's one of those, right, where it's like, <laughs> it's one of those incidences, incidents that you see. It's an make, incident and an accident. Yeah. So those incidents that you see and you're reminded Jesus Christ, like, that looked like nothing. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you of the inherent abundant danger that is professional wrestling. And that Christ, like, should probably be a bit more... You know, maybe leaning into the odd botch, yeah. Or you should be like more grateful. And I had that big, like, you know, burnout run at the beginning. And I'm thinking, you know what, these people are putting their bodies on the line, and we should be more grateful for them and bumping and all the rest of it. And then two seconds later, I saw Joe coffee. and I was like, oh, not
1: gonna <laughs> I'm not,
2: not going to do that. Then no,
1: I uh, it just dragged on and on. This he's he um, like a different person, doesn't he? He does. Uh, I will say that for like the the hair and the, I think the body shape a little bit as well. To be fair, Joe Coffey.
2: I he looks know. like a completely different human being to the one I heard the stories about.
1: They, uh, they had him off TV for quite a while, and I wonder if the, he took that as the sign of, oh boy, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Like, if the Gallus bodies lose the love of Shawn Michaels and Triple H, anyone can.
2: <laughs> I don't even think Tony Khan signed them for ROH. No! <laughs> Imagine that. Ugh. I wouldn't watch it. Uh, <laughs> what was the finish? He, Nathan Frazier missed the Phoenix
1: Splash which freed up um, Joe Coffey, to him with his discus clothes on and get the win.
2: Temporarily forgetful that it was round Robin. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, he's just eliminating Nathan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, he's no. been in for the whole thing with the whole Heritage Cup. But it's this is G1 stuff,
1: know. isn't it? Because like, Joe Coffey
2: really, cannot possibly win this
1: thing, but often you see these wrestlers get the points on the board and you're like, oh God.
2: Honestly, Sean can oh, do no. his maths here. Yeah,
1: aye, can he do it? Um, aye, so anyway, Joe Coffey gets uh, If he does do it, I'll say, how did he do it? Well... Did he learn maths at Chase U, sidge Because the class is going on today.
2: That's fantastic.
1: Thea's um, not there, and Chase asks where she is. Duke Hudson's uh, I like burying her, but not. Well, she's just late, obviously, which is a bit of a dig, isn't it? He's the, he's the teacher's pet, but he's trying to play both sides a little bit, there, know, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, Andrea Chase asks, well, is she skipping class? And he says, no, no, no that's not the plan. Um, but anyway, Chase. Uh, Andre Chase wants to put over Duke Hudson. He's excited for him in the Global Heritage Invitational. Um, They use a literal classroom to try and explain the rules and points of the Global Heritage Invitational, which is a funny cell phone, I think. Um, And uh, Duke, they make a joke about Duke being from Australia when Andre Chase thought he was from New Zealand, which is another good bit about how, like, he doesn't care that much about Duke and never really has. So I quite like that bit. But... um, Thea Hale, right towards the end of the class, finally walks in. She's in rather than the red and black. Why did not you bother?
2: She, well, like she can't even, you know, skive correctly.
1: Something uh, we like to, in cinema, we like to call foreshadowing Sage. Rather than wearing the red chase shoe top with the black detail, she's in a black
2: chase you top with a red detail. She's turned to the dark she's side. She's turned into the dark side. Which is compared to the light side. <laughs> she's
1: basically wearing the chase shoe away it. Yes. So it's not even that dark. But um, Thea's... are like, still on the team. Yeah, yeah. She's still pissed off with uh, Andre Chase and Duke's like, it's fine, I'll take care of her. Come on, we'll go to study hall. And Thea's like, I'm not going anywhere with you. And then as she says that, record scratch. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Slow pan, slow pan up from the boots, leather trousers, like biker jacket. It's J.C. Jane by the door. Come on, Thea. Let's get out of here. Come in. And she leaves with J.C. Jane. Oh, she's and
2: getting... I don't think J.C. Jane's a good student, Sidge. No, I think <laughs> I think that she's falling in with a bad crowd. She's definitely
1: not a student of the game. That's no, definitely not.
2: That never spells good. No. I've seen films. No. She is going to be a bad influence on Thea Hale. I so. And I think they might have a feud after she realizes that, you know what, Chase U's the way.
1: Does Chase U have bike sheds, or is it just a parking I'll, lot?
2: Are they going to have Thea Hale start smoking? I reckon so. Maybe drinking. After school specials.
1: After like school yeah, specials. Yeah.
2: So she's going to start drinking. Um, flunking math. She's going to start flunking meth, Um, You know, smoking um, in the girls' room at recess. Yep. That kind of stuff. <laughs> These grown ass adult wrestlers. Let's get let's like JC Jane has
1: basically legitimized Chase U as a working, functioning educational institution. Yes. She's traveled to the school. Like I love it. No notes. Not a single one. Um we go from that to NXT Anonymous. Um finds Miles Bourne sweeping the ring at the performance center. When Fallon Henley rocks up, uh she's uh she, you're going to sweep this ring from plenty of you completely. He's a, I'm just trying to pay my dues, Fallon. Pay my dues. Pay my dues. And she's like, and
2: Dax Howard told me I got to pay my dues. <laughs> if I need to respect this business.
1: I'm sweeping up dust and I'm sweeping up broken bones. That's right. You want to mention bones in the presence <laughs> of the damn man, you better get the brush out.
2: Buy me a bottle of Jack. <laughs>
1: You don't just get elbow grease to slip out of arm bars, kid. <laughs> uh, she's not interested in paying his She wants him for Briggs and Jensen um, to take on Drew Gulak, Charlie Dempsey and Damon Kemp in a match that sounds like boring torture. But he says, yes, please. And that six man's going to take place soon.
2: Okay. Have the have the lads been doing anything recently? I haven't, I think the, I've been off for a while. So yeah. I've not really had to watch NXT. What did I do last week? Did I watch NXT? I think we reviewed it. Wasn't it? Heat wave last week. Of course,
1: yeah. 20-D in the pool and that. These snoozers have been... They beat Briggs and Jensen fairly handily, didn't they? Was it like Dempsey and Gulak maybe or something?
2: I've got no idea. Yeah,
1: and Damon Kemp's like... I've
2: got no idea.
1: Main event time? Ah, Miles Bourne, wasn't he? Like, I want to train. And then they just said, you suck and decked him. Was that him? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That was one, wasn't it? Not quite main event time, Uh, nearly. Wesley sends in an Instagram video. (laughs) He heat Heatwave, this is great. Heatwave didn't go as planned. Hitting himself on the barricade wasn't the intention. Dumbass. These wrestlers are so stupid losers. Wesley's amazing. Hitting myself on the barricade wasn't my intention.
2: No way. Not only have they made him look like an idiot, but like, my intention.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: they speak like I, write. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it, just say that.
1: He, um, oh, it's not over. He thinks he could, he could beat him a second time. Um, he's not going to stop fighting for uh, his next title shot. Uh, briefly to Tyler Bate, um, who runs down the block A competitors. Uh, and there's a little thing at the end where he's... I know a thing or two about Butch McKenzie. And we go back a long way. It's, it's Pete Dunne, in the British Strong style. There was them two and, and another one. And uh, anyway, he says, speaking of big man that is are in his past, um, Dabba Kato's... Been kicking around when he needs to deal with his dabakato business before he can concentrate fully. Uh, so he says, "quote I must clean my palate. Dabakato, you show up,
2: and I'll be the David to your Goliath." He's more of a main course than an amuse bouche. So why is he talking about palate cleansing and all the rest of it? Well, he doesn't seem so. Is he looking
1: past dabakato? Have you just hit, hit on something there? Like he should have taken dabakato more seriously, and that's how he ends up losing the Heritage Cup tournament thing. Maybe. I think you've uh, identified why this is actually an excellent story. <laughs> okay, uh, It's Dragon Lee and Mustafa Ali with Dominic Mysterio as the referee for next week. Bron and Vaughn in the no DQ. And the women's title will be on the line. Tiffany Stratton versus the winner of the next match, which is our main event. A fatal four-way. Roxanne Perez, Bled Davenport, Gigi Dolan and Kiana James. It's very WWE fast-paced four-way stuff at the start. Two in, two out. Move, 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 move. But then... Heading into the first break is when it's that very WT wrestling, right? Right, do the thing now that's slightly different to the thing we've been doing for the last five minutes. So Gigi Dolan, um, like, kind of does the Urinagi slam onto the apron on Roxanne Perez. But uh, Kiana James grabs her. Meanwhile, um, uh, so Blair Davenport can take out Gigi Dolan with a dive, at which point Kiana... Is on the barricade and she does a moonsault off it. Then Roxanne Perez is recovered, so she dives on Kiana James and they're all out as we go to a break. When we come back, they're all in like a four-way submission, which is pretty cool actually. Yeah, um, it took me back, R.I.P. the Funker, to the um, the three-way sleeper that Shane Douglas used to talk about from the night yeah, line yeah. was crossed, where they're just all holding on to the sleeper. So you've got this like it's like a they've made a chain basically, like Blair Danforth at one end and Roxanne Perez at the other and it's like a choke and a leg lock with the two in the middle entwined with each other's legs. And then Blair Davenport decides, huh, and just breaks it and uses it to batter Roxanne Perez. I thought that was quite nice. Yes, I'd seen one of them in a four-way before. So that kind of sets you off onto your next set of very, very WB four-way stuff. Move, 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 move. Um, there's a Tower of Doom in the middle because, of course, there is. Uh, and then eventually, after more exchanges, we get to the finish. Um, Roxanne aims to hit... Uh, Pop Rocks on, um, oh, sorry, does hit Pop Rocks on Blair Davenport, but Blair Davenport rolls to the floor. floor Roxanne Perez, oh no. In the meantime, Gigi Dolan rolls back in, um, aims to hit Roxanne Perez with the Gigi driver, but Perez escapes, then boots her in the head, but Keanu James comes back in, nails a DDT on Roxanne Perez, and while she's out the way, hits Gigi Dolan with that, like, sort of code breaker, knees the face deal, and pins Gigi Dolan. She becomes the number one contender to Tiffany Stratton. That's odd. In an all heel match yeah. next week. Um, a, a fresh pairing, I guess, and a you would assume like a a win for Tiffany Stratton, but I didn't yeah, I didn't expect Keanu James to win this. And I didn't hate this, you know. Like I didn't it hate it at all either. Ten minute T V match. The stuff that wasn't filler was entertaining and the filler was like well worked. There was no fat
2: on this. There was no fat on it. And I thought everyone got in a position really well to do this kind of match, which is quite complex. And, you know, a lot of these wrestlers haven't been doing it for a long time. And, oh, my God, that Davenport, like, John Woo dropkick yeah. into Pop uh, Perez when she was about to do Pop Rocks.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was class. Yeah, it was class. Um, a lot to like, huh? A lot to like.
2: And it was weird because, like, usually when someone in a multi-man disappears, you think, well, they're coming in to do that. But well, I didn't get that from Kiana Keanu James's suspicious disappearance. I just thought, Well, she's a heel. Yeah. So she's not doing it. And she's like, You
1: wouldn't have considered her the favourite going in, would you? So you kinda of rule her out mentally when you get into that finishing stretch. Yeah. So yeah, Tiffany Stratton and Keanu James next week. They face off in what we think is the end of the show, but the camera's cut back. Very last split second to Carmelo Hayes walking towards Shawn Michaels' office on his phone. He's watching the Wesley promo and then he opens the door and says, Hey, we need to talk and then the show goes off the air.
2: Cliffhanger. Canon. Canon, they can watch things on their phones now. Yes.
0: Things that have been on the show.
2: Since the Royal Rumble, maybe, and the bloodline have stopped kind of doing it quite so much because it's all in the ring and all 40 minutes, and there's less of the I can't remember that many egregious backstage master plans in WWE. I mean, this Trick and Mellow one was less than ideal, wasn't it? It was less than ideal, yes. But other than that, like... I know, I haven't felt like really offended. Maybe I'm too numb to pay attention.
1: Dare I say it? They've kind of covered themselves here because Wesley's message was uploaded on his Instagram. So maybe Mello was on Wesley's Insta, yeah, rather than watching the episode of NXT uh, that he lives in. Yes, maybe that's what that is. That's still no excuse whatsoever. Yeah, what's uh, what's he? Talk to Sean Michaels' message. I don't care. Good. There we go. do you care probably not let us know in the comments uh, below this tweet that I will remember to send out
2: um, and follow us on X. X where can they find you Sidge they can find me at G W I C K. I'm at. msidg like, oh, not, not uh, I'm at Michael I'm at Michael Hamlet. we're all at what culture
1: WB uh, thank you for spending your day with us please for the love of God watch the opener to this episode of NXT yes. it will absolutely be worth your while um, and tell us about that as well, because it really did kick ass. Until next time, we will see you soon.
0: Acast, in Mit navn er Anders Morgenthalder. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben.
2: Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og for det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skidesrætter af alle de der podcast og forklarer meget der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af.
0: Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedemål. Ind og lytte til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt og med at have den her vid